It's the My Michelle Live podcast. Looking for the God story and news of the day. My Michelle Live news and views. Here's Michelle. Glad to have you with us on News and Views today. Are you battle ready? Because there is a battle for our society. And it's gotten obvious, hasn't it? Really? In fact, it's no longer a secret. Propaganda and deceptive ideologies have really infiltrated the media, social media, your kids' education, and society at large. So we'll go through some of the crazy things that are happening in the world today. But on our program, we look for the God story that always leads us to hope, doesn't it? There's a book out called The Military Guide to Disarming Deception. Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth. What? You can't get much more hopeful than that. The authors are U.S. Army retired chaplain Colonel David Giamona and Pulitzer Prize nominated journalist and our guest today, Troy Anderson. Troy Anderson, delighted to talk with you again. My apologies. It's been about seven years since your book, Babylon Code, came out. Since then, you've had Trumpocalypse, The Military Guide to Armageddon, and now this new book. Delighted to have you. Hi, Michelle. It's great to be back on your show. You utilize the idea of a military guide as if we're in a battle. And to some, maybe back a couple of years ago in some of your other books, Troy, it almost seemed conspiratorial and a little extreme. And today we look around us, I think all of us having lived through COVID and the outright misinformation, what's happening in our schools and even in our churches. A headline this week is comes from the Mennonite denomination that's recently come out in favor of LGBTQ policies. In May, they repealed an older church order instructing pastors not to officiate some same-sex marriages. And that's just an example. So it's not just society, it's our churches. And it's gotten more and more apparent. Yeah, Michelle, yeah. As you recall, in the Babylon Code, it was a, sort of an investigative expose of globalism, the dangers of this push for this new world system, combined with an exploration of Bible prophecy that's what's called Mystery Babylon in Revelation 17, 18. So when that came out, it was a bestseller. But yeah, people saw it. There's a lot of stuff about secret societies and things like that in there. Right. People were skeptical about it. In the last seven years, we've seen so much unfold. It's just, I've been a journalist for three decades. I've never seen the level of deception, disinformation, fake news, cancel culture, the whole woke phenomena. Who could have thought the world could change so much in just this, these few years we've seen? And so we're just a world deluged in deception today. So that's why we wrote this book to help people navigate this new Orwellian world we find ourselves in. Yeah, we know from the book, The Art of War, written so very long ago, Sanju, all warfare is based on deception. So it's not a surprise that if there is a spiritual enemy, a lot of it's going to come in deceptive ways. Would you say that our unprecedented times of peace and prosperity have lulled us into a complacency? Yeah, this is one of the things that the military teaches soldiers is not to become complacent because when you become complacent, too relaxed, 
you're not on guard. The enemy can take you out. In fact, that's the first chapter of our book, Complacency Can Kill You. And so that's largely what's happened in America for decades, if not centuries. We've enjoyed freedom, liberty, peace, prosperity to a, a large degree. We've become very complacent. And so the, our enemies, which is the main enemy, is Satan and his fallen angels working through world systems and governments and media and Hollywood and every pretty much every sphere of society is now targeting America because we stand in the way of this new world system, this globalist system that the elite want to bring on board. The Bible talks about the angels, the good angels being organized in a military fashion that refers to God as the Lord God of hosts. The armies refers to say, Satan's sort of master military strategist, talks about putting on the full armor of God, being soldiers of Christ. So that, that's what we try to combine together in this book to help us navigate this world and be the soldiers of God that the Lord asks us to be. We do live in a time of unprecedented peace and prosperity. Many of us, in fact, most of us don't even remember what it's like to uh, live in a time of war. We haven't had an attack since Pearl Harbor and 9-11 on our shores. Even the poorest among us are in the top 1% of pro uh, prosperity in our world. We are so far removed from anything that looks like real suffering, war, famine, real disease, that it's incomprehensible. But yet, when 9-11 did happen, now we're well removed from that. We have grown-ups that, that don't even remember what 9-11 was like. But if you were alive during 9-11, remember how the entire nation came together for a moment. It didn't matter your ideology, your background. Churches were brimming. People were coming to faith. We suddenly moved a chaos just to the right of center as a, as a, as a nation. That's an example of what happens when we do have too much peace and prosperity, which I'm thankful for, but yet Part of that has brought complacency. As they say in the military, there's no atheist in a foxhole. So when there's a when there's an, a, a big disaster, I remember when 9-11 happened on September 11th, 2001. I was a reporter at the LA Daily News. I woke up that morning. My wife and daughter were watching these, watching the tower burn. And my wife was trying to look what's happening. And I go, my God, what's going on here? And so we were standing there watching that. And then like within a few moments, the second airplane hit the second tower. And then my phone rang. It was my editor at the Daily News. She says, Troy, get to downtown LA as fast as you can. People are streaming out of the skyscrapers and start interviewing them. And, I, and so I just rushed to downtown LA and started interviewing people. And of course, nothing happened in LA, thank, you know, thank God. But I remember a couple of days later, there was a a report of a release of supposedly poison gas or something in the subway system. My editor called me again and said, get down to the subway and start interviewing people. I go, what if it's poisonous? She goes, I don't care. Just get down there and interview people. But yeah, the whole country was in shock by this surprise attack and people rallied, people, the churches were filled. And, but then it dissipated not too long after that because the, the threat, instead of this attack, this massive attack in America was limited. So we became complacent again, unfortunately. Yes, because that's our nature. And so we become open to deception, which is a key focus of your book. Now, many of us, the scales are coming up off. We're no longer woke. We're awakening. 
And in that awakening, we're realizing we've been lied to. We've been force fed propaganda and we just go around merrily. For those of us of a certain age, we remember looking at some of the propaganda from the Soviet Union, from behind the Iron Curtain, rolling our eyes and laughing at the things that people believed. And yet, uncomfortably were there. Yeah, so there was a recent study that was very interesting. It found that the same types of scientific mind control propaganda that Goebbels and Nazi Germany used on the German people in the 1930s has just been employed essentially, but using technology at a much higher level on the American population. The whole pandemic and all these crazy things we've seen happen the last several years, it's what's called a psychological operation. Mil militaries throughout history have used, like Sun Tzu said, used deception and psychological operations to weaken an enemy, persuade a populace not to rise up, all kinds of different objectives. But now these have been turned on America because the elite, the globalists, the deep state, whatever you want to call them, they want to bring about what's called the Great Reset. The World Economic Forum has announced this. Even President Biden has come out and said that America needs to lead the New World Order. The New World Order is a term that the Bavarian Illuminati coined in the late 1700s. And as I talked about in the Babylon Code, there's been secret societies and very powerful people in the background have been trying to bring about this new global system for over two centuries. And it now appears that they're on the verge of attempting to bring this online finally. And so that's what all this deception is about. It's, 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 it's all designed to keep us off target, unbalanced confused and just they just want us to go along with the program as they continue their plans here. Can you think of some real world headlines that and issues that have been particularly successful in deceiving us? Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you look at the pandemic, just the high levels of people that got the vaccination and now there's things coming out about the dangers of this this vaccination. So now that's just one one element of this whole thing. But there's many different things that are going on here to try to persuade people not to, even as people are waking up, many people are becoming aware. So what we try to encourage people in the book is to take the wisdom the Bible gave us. God is a spiritual armor, prayer, Bible reading, the basics of fellowship, the basics of Christianity is what we need to move back to now. Learn how to walk in the supernatural power, protection, and the provision of the Holy Spirit. That's the key to navigating this new world we find ourselves in is, is to go back to the Bible, draw close to the Lord, and, and draw close to fellow believers who are also strong and help you mature in your faith. Okay, so Troy, how is it that the church is getting it so wrong in so many areas? We're seeing a lot of headlines of the church coalescing, and here we are. The church doesn't really look like the church that I grew up in. Yeah, I remember when I became a believer at age 11, it's like 1979, it was the height of the Jesus movement. So there was uh, people wearing like Jesus is coming t-shirts and the pastors are talking about Bible prophecy. And you go to, like I was a member of Royal Rangers, you go to these conferences and they be talking about hell and heaven and sin and repentance and, and all the whole counsel of God. But in recent decades with the seeker sensitive movement and some of these different oh. uh, changes in the church, uh, especially the you know, growth of large churches. It's more of a sugar-coated kind of message. They don't talk about the really need for repentance. No, and Jesus is my boyfriend kind of mind. It's, it's, it's sort of like the psychological techniques used to make us feel better about it. If you read the Bible, you get the idea of what God really says, and it's he wants us to repent and turn from our sins, to live a holy life as possible, and to move closer and draw closer to him. This is where the, the supernatural, the miracles, all the amazing things that you read about in the Bible, this is how it happens as you draw 
mature in your faith and grow. But the, yeah, much of the church has been a target of deception. And we talk about in that book, and that's, that's also designed to help keep us complacent. that's being rolled out against us now. It is a time where we have a hard time navigating. And honestly, just at church a couple of weeks ago, a woman walked in off the street, lovely, a young black woman. She said, oh, I was just walking by. I was hoping that you guys were still having church. I really met church of old and going to church as a child. And it's like, great. Yeah, I was the first to talk with her. Troy. And she was talking about how, well, the rest of my family really isn't interested in church. I'm in a triad. I have a wife and a husband. And you could see the uncomfortable look in, in, other, in people's eyes. Okay, how do we navigate that? And that's a real thing. And if you're watching, listening, or viewing, you have to understand that if God created, was the creator of marriage, he gets to determine what marriage looks like. Even in a society that recognizes choice and same-sex unions, um, marriage is marriage. And Troy, I would make it like saying people can't just go in and say, communion shouldn't be bread and wine. It should be beer and pizza. You don't just change things. Have your beer and pizza, but that's not communion. And and so we do have, like with a young woman entering church, Troy, an uncomfortable place where we're going, what are we supposed to do with this? Of course, the Bible says that God is a God of love. He loves all of us regardless of what kind of sins we're involved in. We all have different sins or weaknesses. And as believers, we're called to love everybody. And love is the most powerful force in the universe. And if we reach out to people and love them, that's what Jesus has called us to do. But we also need to tell them the truth. The Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so it's incumbent on us to, to let people know that the Bible is the Word of God. It is God's message to the world, and he lays out the Ten Commandments and, and different things he expects us to do, summed up in, in the commandment, which is to love the Lord your God of all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. In those two things, all the commandments are fulfilled. And But the, the Bible does talk about it's marriages between a man and a woman, and not to fornicate, not to commit adultery, all these different things. And so we need to do our best to abide by the laws. And because these things are designed for our own good, if we abide by the Bible, we live a, a peaceful life. Uh, the Lord warms us, there you go. brings you into the destiny he has for your life. He has an amazing uh, destiny for you, and but it's found in, in obeying his word. And so in that, it comes to something that we bring up a lot on this program, Troy, is your worldview. Check your worldview. And if your worldview weighs out all the way to a logical end, then you're probably onto something. If it starts to break down rather quickly and you have to supplement it by being angrier and louder, <laughs> then maybe there's a problem with your worldview. And you mentioned love. And that uh, is the best navigator. Look, if we could see everybody's sin before, if, and they just walked in like this woman and said, here's how I'm breaking God's commandments. If we were all to do that, our churches would be so empty and I'd be the first one out, believe me. So it's not a matter of perfect people. It's a perfect God who asks us to come to him and say, yeah, I've sinned and fallen short. And as you reveal sin... 
take me to a place of repentance. So maybe in leadership, I don't want to have someone who says, yeah, anything goes. But in those pews, I don't care who you are, how you dress, where you come from, what you think or what you believe. I'm glad you're there because God takes us where we're at. And I think that's important to mention for those of you who are listening and they're still new to this whole God story. But back to the book, which it gives us some great insight into turning that light on and realizing that there is deception in the world system, which is part two of your book, Troy. Let's talk about some of that deception. Yeah, so in, in the second part of the book, we talk about all the different deceptions that we're being bombarded with. So one of the key ones is what we learn in school, but we're taught evolution. And the evolution is essentially saying, giving us the message that we randomly popped out of nowhere. We evolved. There is no God. And so you can live however you want. And so this is a worldview that our educational systems have been perpetuating. But if you talk to scientists and biologists today, they'll tell you that even that one DNA strand is such a complicated computer code that even our, yes. our best supercomputers can't unravel it. And, uh, and then you've got the fine-tuning of the universe. You've got the complexity of each cell. Each cell in our body is like a miniature little factory with moving parts and computer programs and the whole, whole shebang. And so how did this amazing complexity of life and all the nature we see, the beauty of the world, all these foods, just the all the things we can enjoy here. How did this just randomly come out of nowhere? It's completely illogical. And but we're taught this in school. So that's one of the first deceptions. That's an important one. And on our Tuesday program, SciTech Talk, we talk about science every week. That goes back to what we were talking about, our worldview, the old idea, a rat is a pig, is a dog, is a boy. You cut down a tree, it's really no different than destroying a human because it's living and we all just evolve from goo. So you are nothing more than the goo that you get on your feet when you're walking outside after the rain. That's just you evolved. What happens with that worldview we see now with the abortion debate? We don't care about the most vulnerable state of human development. We see that crime and hate crimes and the way we treat each other online, it's a direct result of the fact that we have no value in human life. And that's a result of what we have been indoctrinated with in school, despite the overwhelming science in astronomy, in biology, in chemistry. Every discipline of science points to a designer and even gives fingerprints, I would argue, of who that designer is. But we follow out a worldview where we're just goo. And what does it lead to? Yeah, it makes some incredible points is that this worldview that people have been essentially deceived into believing. There's Barna polls show that only 6% of the population holds a biblical worldview. And even in churches, about 60% of people hold a variety of things from new age kind of beliefs, all paths lead to heaven, reincarnation, evolution, all these different things. And it does, it has a gigantic impact on what we're seeing today. Because if you believe that there's really not, there's no judgment, you can sin, you can do whatever you want, and it's a complete free-for-all. So we're seeing the, the abortion up to birth now. It's very tragic. 
And sometimes and, and after seeing words. Yeah, that's what they're pushing for now. So it's all based on this worldview. So think about all the lies and deception that we've been bombarded with the last couple of years. So now people are waking up that the media doesn't tell us the truth. The government doesn't tell us the truth. Hollywood uses all kinds of very elaborate storylines to give us a new worldview. All these things we're bombarded with. Think about all this deception and then go back and think about were they doing this a century and a half ago when Darwin wrote on the origin of species? I've been a journalist for three decades, and I've come to understand the amount of lies and deception that government perpetuates and, and many different spirits of society. So just you put those two and two together, then you understand that the devil is a deceiver. This is his main trick. This is his main tactic to lead us down the wrong road, openly try to take us to hell with him. And so that's there's billions of souls at stake here. That's why this book is important for people, especially parents, to help their kids navigate everything that's going on today. Because polls show that there's a large percent of young people that are, that are they're, they're, they're more easily deceived when you get older and become a, a bit wiser. And so parents can use this book to help their kids navigate this world and help, help, help ensure their children, their family go to heaven one day. Because one of the issues that you bring up in a part two of your book is the education, indoctrination and propaganda. And it's gotten to an epic level. I would even argue if I were uh, from a secular mindset, Troy, that, okay, if our kids are number one in math and reading comprehension and the sciences, and then maybe you start talking about some of the social issues, at least you're doing your job on one front. But for crying out loud, we're the most developed nation in the world. We're the United States. And we linger in 20-something, in 23rd in and reading and even lower, I believe, in math. But whatever it is, it certainly isn't the top 10. Yet, you know what we are number one in people? How good we feel about ourselves. <laughs> ah! <laughs> and meet forehead. <laughs> so a part of that is the, is the education, indoctrination, and deception you talk about. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware that the, we're number one and feeling good about ourselves, but that explains a lot. <laughs> okay. the, part of the, uh, the the indoctrination has occurred in the school system. It's, it's called Common Core. It's United Nations mm -hmm. Curriculum Agenda. It's had different names over, over time, but it, it's designed probably to make us feel good about ourselves, even though we're being dumbed down. And, and the scores reveal that. And it's also designed to make us think of ourselves as global citizens. It has this evolution, a cult new age worldview that's perpetuated over the, over the decades. And so this is another level of, of masses deception. And this explains why polls show roughly half of the younger generations think that socialism and communism are good things. And we're you not know, now we just history. <laughs> yeah, we're not learning history because socialism, Nazi Germany was a socialist country, resulted in the Holocaust and World War II. Tens of millions of people died. Communism, over 100 million people were either executed, starved to death, tortured, imprisoned. Terrible things happened under Russia, China, other communist regimes around the world. And so these systems have always been massive disasters. And yet the education system is promoting these beliefs as great things. And now we just saw President Biden forgiving student loan debts. So all the kids are excited. But it's essentially it's for a bribery for voting in November.
and it could, could contribute to higher inflation. I forget who exactly said it, but I think it was Thomas Jefferson said, once the people figured out that they can vote themselves out of the public treasury, that's the end of democracy. And Oof. so we're in danger of, of moving into that time. And what about the intellectual deception that we have succumbed to? Yeah, one of the things we talk about in that chapter is that for decades, Hollywood has made all these movies about aliens and UFOs, and there's all these TV shows. I remember watching them even when I was a kid back in the 70s. I love that stuff. And so now there's polls that show, I think it's 40, 50% of people believe in aliens, believe they're visiting us. And, and as much higher percentage, people actually believe in aliens and UFOs than have a biblical worldview now. It's like it's four to seven times higher. And so it's almost like this new worldview has been perpetuated by Hollywood, the entertainment industry, and even the government to a certain extent. It's yeah. so un- illogical <clears throat> when we look at the science that now... It is almost ex- uh, unquestionably apparent that there is no other, of all the exoplanets, it went from a, a few that we knew of to thousands, there is not another place that we found that even comes close to what we have here. And the going belief is that it takes the entire universe to support life on our planet. We just don't see signs of it. If it, if life was so abundant in the universe, we might see signs of it, especially with the Webb telescope going to the outer edges of the universe. And we're not seeing like traffic jams from little green men going from planet to planet on their way to work. But as we're not seeing evidence of evolution, it breaks down. We don't see evidence of intelligent life other places. We don't look at the most logical reason for life on our planet which is a loving creator with these intellectual arguments of deception aren't so intellectual. Are they? If, if aliens did exist, the nearest planet where they might exist is so far away that there's no possible way they could ever get here. It would take millions of light years to get here. And so I interviewed Hugh Ross, who's the founder of Reasons to Believe, and yeah, Hugh's written friend. some amazing books that talk about sort of an old earth theory of creation and different things. But he's a very profound thinker. He has a PhD in astrobiologist. And he believes he's done a lot. He's written a book about this and done research that the, this alien phenomena, these reported both sightings and such, is some kind of interdimensional technology that's being encountered. And then, of course, the Bible talks about it, talks about angels and demons and how angels can appear unaware. They can appear in our dimension. And so the, the evidence seems to suggest this is some kind of demonic phenomena that's going on. Perhaps in, in this angelic room, they have technologies. Maybe it's, a, it's a, another world beyond ours that we don't fully understand, but <laughs> someday we will. And so that appears to be what's happening here. Now, we're almost to the end of our time together, Troy, but a couple of questions. One has to do with some of the people who are at the forefront of a lot of these deceptions. Do they know they're lying to people or are they just so deceived themselves? The different people I've talked to that are among the elite, they seem to completely believe this. They have a completely different worldview. It seems that they've been completely deceived. And so they, they seem to truly believe this. Or at least they believe that it doesn't matter what you have, what kind of lies or deceptions you have to perpetrate. It's all for the greater cause of moving for their agenda. And so this is the same thing as you saw with the Nazi Germany. They were deceived people, the Nazis, but they did whatever it took in order to accomplish their mission. And it's a very demonic kind of satanic phenomenon we're again seeing today, unfortunately. For the 
biggest purpose of your books and this latest one, The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, is helping us to awaken to what's really happening, that there's a bigger story. And it's God's story. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And I wanted to end with that. The whole idea of having a military action is to win and to preserve what is good, right? Ideally, let's leave with words of wisdom, what we need to be armed with in this battle. Yeah, so as the Bible tells us, God is in control of the whole universe. Everything is happening according to his plan. The devil and his fallen angels are just pawns in this whole thing, and all the different people going along the program are, it's all part of God's plan. And so we don't know exactly how this is going to play out. Is the Antichrist false prophet system, is it going to arise in our time? Will it be later on? When I interviewed Billy Graham several years ago, he said that signs of the end of the age are converging for the first time since mm. Jesus made those predictions. And he compared America to ancient Nineveh. And he said, when God sent the prophet Jonah to Nineveh to warn them of judgment, that the king and the people repented, and judgment was averted for another century before they, they fell into sin again. And so I believe there's great hope. You know, I'm, I'm executive editor of the Return, the National Day of Repentance we had in the National Mall in September 2020. Quarter million people showed up, 44 million people watched it online. Then we had the, the Renewal, Restoring America's Founding Covenant in January in Florida. 10 million people watched that. Now we're planning to return to Israel. So there's a global revival and repentance movement that's moving forward. And we're praying that God will intervene. Ultimately, God wants to bring as many people to heaven as possible. And so this is the most exciting time in history to be a Christian. Join God's army. Become a soldier of Christ. Bring in the great harvest. Millions of people are praying for a great end times revival. We're beginning to see signs of it. It could be happening but it's all hands on deck. And so that's why I wrote this book. We want to encourage people to join this battle, be a good soldier of Christ and help bring in the great harvest. And then one day we may see the return of Jesus Christ, which will be the most biggest story in the world, most glorious event in history. And, and we'll, we'll be taken with the Lord to heaven to live with him forever. That's truth. And you feel it and you, you sense it as you're listening. For those who know it, it's enlivening. For those who don't, you're, you know. And believe me, the truth will set you free. Troy Anderson, you can go to troyanderson.us uh, to get more information. We'll have links everywhere you're listening, viewing, or reading. It has been a pleasure. Let's not let seven years go by before we do this again, Troy. It's been great. Thank you. Great, great honor. Thank you so much. And thank you for watching, listening, viewing. Remember to like and share. It's all part of being awakened to what God's doing. God bless. More news and views at mymichellelive.com.